everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. How big was the fish? How long can you live inside a fish? And does God really talk to fish? These are all questions that really don't matter, (laughs) but get a lot of attention when we talk about the book of Jonah. So today we are reading the book of Jonah. Uh, It is only four chapters. I think it fits in that category of like super popular Bible stories that actually are not that long. Um, And unfortunately, I think uh, it's a bummer when you look at this story and all you care about is the fish because the fish is like a minor side character, actually. That is really funny, actually. A lot of the stories that you would have heard in Sunday school or the ones that you, like, watched on VeggieTales, they're all, like, these super tiny little tidbits of storyline that are, like, such a small piece of such a huge story that's like, dang, how did that one get picked? I guess it's just unique, but, huh, very strange. Something that I thought about while we were reading today is... Like, this story was happening, or this event, I shouldn't just call it a story, this is an event actually happening at the same time that all these kings of Judah and kings of Israel are, like, going at it and fighting each other, and, like, one king after the next is falling to the wayside. Like, it's kind of cool to see it in that perspective. I think I've always read parts of the Bible in isolation, and I definitely didn't, like, take into consideration that these things are actually happening simultaneously. So that's kind of a cool perspective in reading chronologically, I think. So just to set this in context, we heard about Jonah yesterday in 2 Kings 14.25. And Jonah was prophesying at that time that the northern kingdom of Israel would expand its borders to the north and push back its enemies, the Syrians, um, so that Uh, basically like Israel could enjoy a longer lasting, further pushing peace, I Mm -hmm. guess. Today in the book of Jonah, um, we're hearing that the word of the Lord comes to Jonah and says, go to Nineveh. And he's like, nah, (laughs) (laughs) which probably you already know. So he gets on a boat and he sails to Tarshish. I hate that word. Yes, you did. (laughs) You did have a hard time saying that word. Uh, it's like Tarshish. Yeah, the, the SH gets So it. obviously, like the, the age old example is it is silly to try to escape the presence of the Lord. Jonah knows it's silly to try to escape the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. The sailors who are pagans and far from God know that it, it is silly to run from the Lord. <laughs> silly. Anyway, uh, I think what is also interesting, too, is that reading yesterday in Second Kings, about like just Jonah kind of just popping up in that that account. Yeah. It's so crazy too because it's like Jonah had more of like he had more of a prophetic job than just the story of oh, Jonah. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of cool too to see that connection. So I I love this book. I've taught this book many times. I just enjoy the story. I think one of the biggest things that you can take from this book, honestly, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. Jonah is a fantastic book to use. Uh, to talk about how people in the Old Testament understand or understood God. Mm -hmm. Um, Because people today believe that God in the Old Testament is judgmental and terrible and mean and selfish. Um, I think there's a a line from a famous atheist atheist author that he's like, God (laughs) is the the most narcissistic character in all of ancient literature or something. 
Um, that's not how Jonah understood God. So you don't get to you don't get to uh, put yourself in mm-hmm. their shoes and decide what they thought because you can read Jonah and see the reason that Jonah does not want to go to Nineveh is because he does not want God to be gracious to Nineveh. But that part is so easily <clears throat> like removed or just kind of tossed to the wayside. Like, oh, Jonah actually didn't want to do any of it. It's always in that lens of. Oh, Jonah did this great thing, and like yeah. he got his whole heart changed in the belly of the f- like. No, it's actually not like that at all. Almost none of that is mm-hmm. true. Yeah. So Jonah does not want to show grace to Nineveh, so he chose to go to Tarshish. What's interesting in chapter one is that these pagan sailors who are serving all kinds of other gods, mm-hmm. they are actually more faithful to God than Jonah. Uh, If you look at chapter one, verse 16, then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. So these pagan sailors on a ship to Tarshish are making sacrifices and vows to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because of his power. And Jonah is like, just throw me over. Now, (laughs) what's interesting about that is that Jonah did not know that a giant fish would swallow him. Jonah is, unfortunately for Jonah, like pretty suicidal throughout the whole book. So when he's like, just throw me overboard, um, you know, just like if we threw you off a ship today, your first thought would not be, oh, God will send a giant fish to save my life. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of a like message, though, does this give us for today in a way? Like, think about like the church at large. There are There are definitely, I feel like, there are definitely churches or just, like, the church, I suppose, where certain areas of, like, ministry are are almost, like, repelled. Like, they're not interested in, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there can be, like, this kind of, like, snarky, I'm better than this. Like, I'm interested in this part of church and I am not interested in doing that part. Yeah, for sure. So I think there's like some interesting call outs to that for us. Because I'm like, how does this apply? Because our mindset is always like, oh, well, we always have to reach the loss and we always have to X, Y, Z. But there's definitely moments where it's just like, no, like I am not, I'm not dealing with that. There are certain kinds of loss we don't really care to reach. Right. There are certain times that God is calling us to do something and our first, you know, instinct is not to be obedient. Mm -hmm. Um, What's interesting in this story to me, being a God's sovereignty fan, which (laughs) I know lots of people are, um, Jonah really doesn't have a choice in this matter. Like God is like, hey, go to Nineveh. He's like, no. Uh And God's like, okay, this fish is going to swallow you and spit you out in Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. Mm -hmm. Um, these, These people in Nineveh, I mean, like bigger picture too. Nineveh is probably one of the biggest cities in the world at this time. And it is certainly one of the most powerful cities in the world at this time. And it is certainly the like one of the central points of a kingdom that is very against Israel mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. And so it is funny to see Jonah go from prophesying like prosperity for his people. And then God's like, hey, I want you to go prophesy forgiveness for your enemies. He's like, nah, mm-hmm. I don't really want to do that. He probably enjoyed, he probably enjoyed preaching the uh, Northern Israel prosperity gospel say, of yeah, expansion. Yeah, interesting. And then he's like, nah, I don't want to do the whole forgiveness thing. Yeah, because if you think about that, even like his prior, like prophetic yeah. message yeah. was like, you will have victory and you will yada 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 and you'll push through and. 
Yeah. Well, All these things of like things that you definitely want to hear as a result of God's goodness, not necessarily like the lost will be found. Well, he, he was saying that Israel would take back land from Syria. Yeah. And now God is saying, hey, go to the capital of that kingdom that you've been speaking against and tell them that God is gracious and loving and forgiving. So in turn, is God actually like, or is like, is that coming back to God because those people have like, their hearts were changed? Like, is his prophecy being fulfilled through what happened with him going and saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I think God's prophecy was always going to be fulfilled. I yeah, think. but was that like the avenue? Yeah, for sure. And, and what's weird is that Jonah, um, so there's there's this prayer in chapter two, and I'm sorry, I like this story, so I'm going to talk about it. There's this <laughs> prayer in chapter two. If you really closely analyze this prayer in chapter two, Jonah does not apologize or repent. Mm-hmm. Um, the closest thing he does is in verse nine, I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And I was like, okay, that's nice. He doesn't say, I repent. He doesn't say, forgive me. He doesn't say, I turn from my way. It's just like, okay, I yelled at you and you answered me. And I'll do what you said. And then he walks across Nineveh. This is crazy. In chapter three, he walks through Nineveh and basically is like, hey, the Lord's going to judge you guys. And the, the king of Nineveh is like, oh, my goodness, the Lord's going to judge us. We need to repent right now. <laughs> Probably not what he was expecting. No, definitely not. And he's in sackcloth and ashes. They proclaim a fast across the entire city for the people and the animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an interesting take on fasting in that it is like a spiritual reaction to a terrible news. Mm-hmm. Um, and they repent. This is probably the largest revival recorded in the Bible um, because the entire city of Nineveh is obedient to God's voice. Man and beast. Man and beast, yeah. And that God relents. Like, God is gracious and merciful. He relents from disaster. So it says in chapter 3 verse 10 when god saw what they did how they turned from their evil way god relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them and he did not do it mm-hmm. there's another instance too of like a change of god's heart in a way i don't really yeah. know yes i mean that's at least what the text says that he like changed his mind or he relented he stopped the disaster that he was planning hmm. And Jonah responds by saying, I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. And then he says, this is chapter four, verse three. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. (laughs) So Jonah sees the biggest revival in the Bible. And his response is, God, please kill me. And chapter four is very bizarre because chapter four is just Jonah saying, please kill me over and over and over. It seems really odd. <laughs> There's this little bit of a skit kind of thing in, in chapter four um, where God raises up a leaf and then God raises up a worm and then God like directs the sun Um, God's sovereignty is like all over this book because he is directing the hearts of the sailors. Like Jonah unintentionally is a missionary to these pagan sailors out 
sailing Tarshish. Mm-hmm. He directs the heart of the king. The king decides to lead the city in repentance. God forgives the people in the city. Then he raises up a plant. Then he raises up a worm. Then he raises up the sun. Like, God is controlling a lot in this story. And Jonah, like, like one of the weirdest things about the book of Jonah is it just ends. We don't know anything. Like, we don't know what Jonah did. We don't know how he handled himself. We just know that he is up on a hill, mad about a worm and a leaf in the sun. And God is like, Jonah, you're a mess. I'm glad I had compassion on these people. Something crazy, too, is like, I guess if you look at the plant situation, Jonah, I think he just shows his, like, true colors again of that kind of, like, that church idea I was talking about earlier. Like, what are things that we just, like, no, I'm not I'm not doing that. Like, the heart of Jonah in these last verses of chapter 4, like, our study Bible says he, it's, it's almost like he's pitying the plant more than he's pitying yes. those 120,000 people yes. who have turned to the Lord, like get over yourself and like be thankful that these people aren't going to be damned to hell. Like, isn't that so exciting? And he's over here crying because the leaf is gone. Correct. <laughs> like what? Yep. So it's just like really disappointing. It's also like one of those, those stories where it's like, wait, that's it. Like we have nothing else then after that. Like those weird cliffhanger movies or stories that we all just despise because we want to know what goes on after just ends. We do know a little bit of what goes on after, and what is unfortunate for Nineveh is that they are, like, pretty much destroyed, like, 80 years later. Mm-hmm. And so this generation repents and is saved, but unfortunately, the next generation, or, you know, 80 years is mm-hmm. maybe a couple generations, um, they fall into sin, they follow the sins of their fathers, and they are judged again. And so the the calamity is put on hold, I guess, um, but judgment ultimately comes. So we have been reading about um, prophets. Like, you know, we, we read about Elijah. We read about Elisha. Um, Jonah is, I think, in kind of a different class of prophet just because he is so reluctant to do the will of God. And when the will of God happens, he's so frustrated about it. I guess in Jonah's defense, like, Maybe it was nice for Elijah to condemn the prophets of Baal and have God just burn them up. I think Jonah would have liked to have seen that in Nineveh, but that is not what happens. And Jonah is just a cliffhanger. The story just ends. So I suppose like a an easy-ish your part for today is just like to be faithful to God's calling and faithful to God's mission in your life, um, which is ultimately to serve him regardless of your own, (laughs) your own heart or lack thereof heart. (laughs) Um, But so just look for those opportunities today. Like if there's an uncomfortable situation that you're just like, no, God, I, that's where I draw the line. Um, Remember to just like soften your heart to God's will and to God's sovereignty and what he has planned for you and the impact that you can have on the people around you um, when we follow his calling for us. So we will see you guys back tomorrow. We're back into Kings and Chronicles. Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it to go in with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. 
But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had it had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you, that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh, 
by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let every one turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Chapter 4 But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat in the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, till he should see what happened to become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head, to save him from discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant, so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die, and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant, for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in the night and perished in the night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons with whom they do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.